Hello, and welcome to the Content Mines. I just lost several million dollars from shorting GameStop stock. Please help me. My family is starving. Um, I, hi, I'm, did you say your name in that one? Oh, my name is Ryan. <laughs> See, I always do that. Okay, yeah. My name is Luke, and uh, I kind of miss Trump from the internet, and I feel the internet's worse without him. Whoa, that is an incredibly spicy take. Let's take it to the theme song. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay. Uh, hi, welcome to the show. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Wall Street bets and GameStop and the late stage capitalist dystopia that uh, we are currently in. But first, Luke, how was the internet this week? Well, as I've just said, it's worse. Trump's gone. Uh, <laughs> to defend that take, what I think, what I think has happened is that. Because the internet has been crazy this week. Uh-huh. Yeah. It has been all over the place. It has been wild. There has been strange things happening. And I think that the problem is, is that we're no longer in the same environment as the most powerful man in the world who has nuclear weapons and is also tweeting. Right. And it's gone. So it's like the final boss has gone. So now it's just, everyone's just playing. And as a result, a load of like really crazy shit has happened. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not quite 2012 internet. But it's also like not it, like it's this weird mix of what if 2010 internet moved at the speed of 2016 internet? Yeah, exactly. that is that is pretty close to it. And and, and what, like, what's also crazy is like we're still very much in a culture war, like a global culture war. But now it's like everyone's just been huffing laughing gas, and nothing makes any fucking sense anymore. Yeah, and this is going to lead us nicely into Wall Street bets, but it's also going to lead us into a bunch of other really strange things that happened this week. Yeah. So like, what's um, uh, what's what's the top of our list here of little little short items? What are we what are we talking about first? Top of my list is the. Uh, Hanselblatt guy. Okay, so uh, you send this to me in a WhatsApp, and I don't know what this is. I didn't even Google. Oh it, man! But I didn't immediately understand oh, what you're talking about. So, so uh, the, the the it's it's Handelsblatt actually. Hanselblatt. It's Handelsblatt. Handelsblatt. It is a German. It is a German newspaper. Okay. And earlier, uh, I'm going to say this week. It was I think yesterday. It must have been yesterday. Th- that would have been for us Tuesday. We record on yeah, Wednesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So on Tuesday, this guy tweeted that he had had reported from within the German government that the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine was only 8% effective. That doesn't sound like uh, a very good good for, number to be. <laughs> for over 65s. It's not a good number. It's an extremely bad number, uh-huh. uh, which is one of those things where you sort of go, whoa. It's also one of those numbers which is, is bad enough that you look at it and you're like, that just seems wrong. That seems flat out wrong. Um, and, you know, everyone pulls through the data of it. Everyone's looking. Obviously, this happens late at night because all this stuff always happens late at night. Always. And everyone notices it. It makes the English language fisher at like half nine. So everyone's like, what is happening here? And everyone's like had two drinks already and uh, slightly struggling to read scientific papers and clearly slightly losing it. And it's descending into a culture war of people who think that the EU is good. Therefore, the Germany must have some point here. And people who think that vaccines are everything and there's a lot of there's a lot of messy cultural wars going on oh wow i didn't even realize that that like 
that like our only English language like outpost for European news is now completely filtered by whether or not the person reporting it is pro or anti-Brexit. Yes. Oh, I never even thought about that. That explains so much about the last four years of like European news coverage in English. Yeah, it's it's not it's not been great. Um, but then this guy, everyone wakes up the next day to try and figure out like, okay, what the hell happened? This is a pretty serious thing. You know, the UK has stuck four million of these vaccines into people's arms. There's 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 a potentially huge problem here. Wait, wait. Before wait. you get to this, I just want for a point of context to point out because Americans aren't going to really understand what you just said there. The UK only has one time zone and they don't have 24 hour news networks, which means sometimes the news stops for everyone to go to bed and then turns back on when everyone wakes up. And that is like a completely foreign concept for Americans. (laughs) I mean, yeah. okay, sure. (laughs) I mean, your news carries on. Then we wake up and see what happened in your news. Like we all do sleep at the same time, roughly. No, but I mean, British like British specific news just like. Everyone goes to bed and it's like it's really wild to watch like an entire country go to bed on Twitter like because America doesn't really it's wild to watch an entire country wake up on Twitter we have spent four years at about half 11 every morning Trump starts tweeting and we spent <laughs> four true. years yeah. and we get you know, okay, a okay, few okay. hours in the morning of nothing happening and then suddenly it's like oh daddy's up okay so far you've said that you miss Trump and then you just called him daddy let's focus on your AstraZeneca story <laughs> because it's getting really weird right okay so the AstraZeneca story is uh, that everyone wakes up the next day to try and figure out what happened. What it turns out happened, or, or what is believed to have happened at this moment, is that this reporter, in conjunction with some political source within the German government, got the numbers slightly wrong. Mm. And rather than it reflecting an 8% efficacy rate, it actually reflected the fact that only 8% of the people in the study were over 65. Oh, those are very different things. Wow. Yeah, they are very different things. Uh, so that was a nice giant panic that everyone had that you know would potentially have derailed international response to the pandemic entirely because a guy couldn't read a spreadsheet um i love how many european uh specifically british uh covid things seem to focus entirely around the mismanagement uh, of spreadsheets i love that that keeps happening to you guys it does it does to be fair this one wasn't necessarily a spreadsheet this seems to be just a misunderstanding of numbers okay well uh, still but yeah then this guy you know he carries on the next day he doubles down and says i still think this is correct this is this is what my source says oh. even though at the time the german health ministry is on you know also coming out with statements to be like this is definitely not true we want more of this vaccine we can't get it due to complicated contractual reasons it's a whole thing but the point is um yeah that was just a fun thing that happened this week wow uh, and yeah, I don't even know if there's an internet thing, but it was just, it was, it was... Uh, no, I mean, I think that counts. Yeah. Twitter played a pretty outsized role in that whole thing. That sounds right to me. Cool. Okay, yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of horrifying discoveries surfacing on Twitter, uh, America had their own version of this this week when two different viral tweets uh, discovered the idea of the Sigma male. Are you familiar with the Sigma male, Luke? I have since become familiar with it. Well, you should be familiar with it because I'm a Sigma male. Okay, this is like how you're an ambivert. No, I'm a sigma male and you're an alpha male. So, so let, first, first, let's start with how this got started moving around. So, uh, there are two tweets uh, on the same day. So, the first one was from user Lily Simpson one three one two who tweeted, "What the fuck is going on with men?" And it was four screenshots 
of uh, like men's rights pickup artist shit about classifying themselves as what they call sigma males, which is on the hierarchy of alpha, beta, gamma, omega, sigma would be like out. Oh, oh, oh. I did some more research on this. There's actually eight of them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so, so uh, I'm, oh, okay. So this one chart I'm looking at right now has alpha and sigma and then beta, gamma, and omega. Uh, and so then the other tweet that went viral was from user Eldhug, uh, who wrote, how the fuck can men complain about trans people inventing genders and then turn around and do whatever the fuck this is? And it's a screenshot of a YouTube channel called The Alpha Show. And <laughs> the title of the video is How to Become Sigma Male, Rarest Male Type. And the thumbnail is, <laughs> is Keanu Reeves from John Wick. And it just says in huge letters, Rarest Male Type. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about my own experiences being a Sigma male. Um, Sigma males are typically described as the lone wolf antithesis of the alpha male. I, uh, we defy placement in the social hierarchy, and yet we are successful with women because of our outsider status. Well, first off, my, I, I need to point out that the idea that it is men causing all the animosity to uh, trans people, as someone who lives in the UK, that's definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true for you guys. <laughs> um but also, yeah, no, this is this is it's pure astrology. It is an identity quiz. We might as well do a are you sigma male, alpha male, gamma male, delta male, omega male quiz, and it would do super well. Yeah, probably. Or would have done super well on twenty fifteen internet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but internet, the other two types, because basically the, the the way these are ordered is sigma male is like an outsider, which right? Has clearly been invented. There's a pyramid, and the sigma male's yeah. outside the man pyramid. Yeah, right. And then alpha male is as they would be within animals, it is the dominant member of a pack. Yeah. Beta males are the others around them. That is broadly like how things are kind of described in, uh, not anthropology, but anthropology for animals, which are like, zoology, I guess. Yeah. Biology? No, well, biology, I think it's zoology. <laughs> okay. I mean, zoology is like, like biology, but specifically for animals. Yeah, and I, isn't like the entire alpha wolf theory like completely debunked anyways? I mean, well, yeah, no. Like, I don't think it works for alpha wolves, but it works for like, uh, uh, like baboons. There is actually an alpha male. Like, there's a dominant male. I'm the alpha baboon. No, you're the sigma baboon. I'm the sigma this. baboon of this podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, but then the others are clearly made up. Uh, there's, there's, there's one there that I think is gamma male, which are like they're just nerds, and it's like, guys, you're making a chart of men here. Wait, wait. So the one I'm looking at right now, gammas are bitter. What, what does that mean? Gammas are. Better of this is gibberish. Gamma males are clueless about women. Oh, and they 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 only barely grasp red pill concepts. That's right. This is the whole point. The, the entire thing is ranked on a scale of how well people grasp red pill or yeah, it's about how red pills you are. So it means like how cool but, you are. But then I found this other thing where there are actually two separate groups outside of this who are zeta males who are fully red-pilled men who have gone their own way oh, and are no longer, uh, like, they're totally outside the hierarchy. It's like when you become, like, males. it's like when you're no-fap for so long that you just, like, live in the woods and, like, lift small objects with your mind because you have telepathy from not coming. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> lambda males who are like zeta males, but they're not, they're not mature enough to <laughs> be able to give up on their need for interactions with women. <laughs> 
So like Zeta males are just like Luke Skywalker, like up on an island in the middle of nowhere, who's just like giving up women forever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, yeah, it's Zeta males, and then I guess, I guess that makes Kylo Ren a Lambda male. That's right. Possibly a Sigma. I don't well, know. Well, Kylo Ren is obviously like an incel mass spree shooter. Like that's like right, clearly so Lambda, what he. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, which man? Anyway, the point is, this is this is astrology for boys, and it <laughs> is significantly worse and less explanatory of how men actually interact than if we were just to give them all characters from Sex and the City. Which character from Sex and the City would you would you be? Uh, I think I'm a Carrie with Samantha Rising. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I just came with the first two. No, that, 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 I, I could see you being a Carrie. I'm obviously a Samantha. Like, there's no question that I'm a Samantha. Well, because you've abandoned the rest of them to, to go and do your own thing now. Wait, K- Kim Cattrall's Samantha, right? Yeah, but she's not coming back to the new series. Yeah, because she's smart. She knows better. Yeah, she's doing her own <laughs> thing, whatever that is. Um, do you ever hear the theory that the the fifth girl of Sex and the City is actually New York City? I have heard that. Have you ever heard that Kim Cattrall was born in Liverpool? I did hear this. That's like the Frasier dad being the only one of the cast that's like from England or something, right? Yeah. Wild. British people. There's no way to tell who's British. It's terrifying. Although I think I think Jane Leaves is actually British, but that's this is not the point. Okay. Um Speaking of being British in places you shouldn't be British, <laughs> I saw a very interesting clip that I think you also saw this week about uh, British influencers who are currently trapped in Dubai or on the run in Dubai or what's happening. Brit- what- Britain has an influencer problem and has, uh, <laughs> during COVID, exported its influencer problem to the rest of the world. Okay, yeah. In the There's something about the difference between British and American influencers. Yes. Because... In Britain, everything is just worse, but it's worse in like a fun way most of the time. Like everything is slightly more broken. There is a definite, there's something really weird about influencers in Britain. And I I assume it's because of class. Like that must be what's going on. Where like, like your influencers have a much harder time faking like, importance maybe they have a harder time faking being cool because they are forced to walk down the high street and get deals with morrison's not nike (laughs) like like there is this is a challenge and you've got to be you've got to be kind of a higher tier british influencer but also because of the sheer volume of british reality shows and we have a lot means they're also like really quite numerous you guys so, have a. In fact, there used to be a really good uh, Nicole Cliff used to do this, which was like I think it was Nicole Cliff, which was like a guide to the extensive universe of various tabloid and reality TV stars in the UK because there's just so many like nothing celebrity people who just exist. Yeah, exactly. It's a real problem. We have too many of them, uh, and as part of that, during the COVID pandemic, we've attempted to export large quantities of them to Dubai. Mm. Um, now, at the moment in the UK, you are not allowed to travel except for work purposes. These influencers have decided that work is being an influencer and have therefore gone to Dubai to sit by a pool and tweet, put things on Instagram. I um, saw one woman who, who went uh, and rode camels. That was her thing. Yeah, no, the, the, she was on TV. Uh, she was asked by a, one of the biggest British morning shows to do an interview and kind of defend herself, which right. if you're asked to come on and defend yourself, one, don't do that interview. That's a bad interview to do. Two, 
if you're going to do that, don't do it from next to the pool. Oh, yeah. That's not a good idea. That's bad. That's a bad look. Yeah. I was like, are you at work right now? And she's like, yeah, I am at work right now. My job is to motivate people, as she says, from behind <laughs> a, beside a pool in Dubai. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a real problem. There are, there are lots of them. And yeah, I, I also, as a result, co- Dubai is now seeing a spike in COVID cases. Of course they are. Yeah. Because they're but full also, of British influencers. Yeah, they're full of British influencers. And yeah, it's a bit of a mess. We had another influencer who went to Barbados and very nearly went to prison for breaking coronavirus restrictions because she tested positive for coronavirus while she was there and attempted to leave. Uh, we had a thing where an American wo- girl, a couple, she was like, a, I think she was a teenage girl, maybe a young, young woman. She, she was in quarantine in a sun in like a Caribbean country, snuck out of quarantine to watch her boyfriend in a surfing competition and then was put in no, jail. No, it was a jet skiing competition. That's it. It was a jet skiing because, competition. Because it was the same week in which a, Guy jet skied from the UK to the Isle of Man, which is an island in the middle of the Irish Sea, in order to see his girlfriend. Wow, people, people are having a the UK. Why is the UK restriction stuff such a mess? Because I feel like it's just really a lot wackier than the US version, which is well, that's because the US doesn't have any restrictions and is just letting everyone get coronavirus. Yeah, well, of course. In America, like if you get sick, it's because you deserve to get sick. Uh, there's some sort of moral failing that you've done that means that you get sick. That's the way it works in America. Yeah, the UK is trying to do solidarity, but in in version of solidarity, it's like everyone has to stay home. The small number of people who don't stay home means that everyone else in Britain can point at them and say, you are bad and I don't like you. And Mm. often in some way that intersects with class. It's funny how that keeps happening to you guys. Yeah, that's interesting is, how that is. seems to be the overwhelming strategy for everything your government does, which is uh, find ways for the entire country to gang up on each other. It's very, yes. it's interesting how that keeps happening. Um, I want to I wanna end this segment with a, little, with a little TikTok clip that I saw. There's really no way to explain what's going on here. There's nothing to see. The audio is really important. So, um just uh, just take a little listen, because I really like this TikTok. This, I don't, things I just don't understand. The winds. What? Like, what is it? How, what is wind? I don't get it. Never will. Many. Why don't they just print loads of many off? Like, why? Like, I don't, then no one would be poor. I just don't get it. The world. How is it one of the smallest planets? But then nine billion people live on it. And animals. Don't get it. How? Why? Electricity. I know it comes from the pylons, but how does it get to the pylons? Like, what? Bit confusing. We'll never understand that. The number 11. Why is it called 11 and not 21? Like, 22, 33. 20, like, 11. Who thought of that? Don't like it. The ocean. How is it so deep? Why is it so deep? Don't get it. I just don't understand space. I just don't get it. Like, I just... What? It just confuses me. Name of things. Who looked at something and was like, that's the sky? What? Alright, so let us talk about the big internet news of the week, which is Reddit. For the first time ever, a group of people have proved that the stock market may be bad. That's right. Up until now, it's been an unalloyed good. We are finally having important conversations around whether or not it's okay for a bunch of Redditors to do something. You know, we've never (laughs) 
we've never had a conversation as a society about whether or not the scale at which Reddit can organize is dangerous. So I'm glad that we're finally talking about this. Yeah, and it's good that it's happened before anything bad. You did something really bad, like elected a president or something like that. Yeah, it's great that we we got ahead of this problem before they were able to fundamentally alter American democracy or like set up a page to like scour photos of a terror attack to find a bomber like we, we, we or or orchestrate a, a mass harassment campaign against women who work in the video game industry. We're really getting at the heart of this Reddit problem before it gets out of control. And that's what I really love about this story. Yeah. And I also really love that the victims of this are also terrible. It is a real conundrum, right? Because, okay, so let's just let's just really quick run down what's going on here because I think there, I think for most people it's a very confusing story, and I've had a lot of questions about it from like garbage day readers. So, so here's the basics: Wall Street Bets is 4chan, but for the stock market, they literally call themselves what if 4chan had a Bloomberg terminal? They have been going long on GameStop stock. Going long is when you put money down on a stock with the idea that it would increase in value over time. So you're not going to sell it immediately. You're going to keep it as an asset and see if it grows in value. They started investing in GameStop because they thought it was funny because GameStop is a terrible fucking company. But also, I imagine for a lot of these people, the only time they ever experience human interaction is in a GameStop. So they started longing GameStop. That's when Citroen Research got involved. They're an investment firm who started shorting GameStop, which makes sense. GameStop is a failing company that you only find in dirt malls or next to vape stores. Well, there were there were shorts on GameStop before that, but basically there was just, like many of these companies, if you look at any of these failing stuff in, in malls, if you look at Blockbuster or AMC or Nokia, it's like, this is an old company. I assume they suck now. Their value is only going to go down. I think GameStop's plan was actually to turn its stores into uh, esports venues which I um, mean, like localized esports venues sure sense. why not i mean have you been to a gamestop ever uh no i don't think we had gamestop we had we had we had a stores called game and we had stores called electronics boutique which eventually became the same thing gamestops are like if the dmv like smelled like a chuck e cheese right yeah that's a game like in the uk it was just a game okay a game so citroen research though they made a big stink about shorting which is when you basically bet on a stock going down. And if enough people short a stock, the value of the company decreases and the hedge funds that put a ton of money on these bets can make a lot of money by doing that. So they all gang up, they short the stock, everyone makes money, the company folds, they move on. It's all it's a, it's a- But it but the important part of that is that you can hold short positions for like a really really long time. Yes. But if they go the other way, your losses are theoretically unlimited yeah so if, like so if you have yeah if you if you short uh, if you put a hundred thousand dollars into a stock at two dollars waiting for going to one dollar but it actually goes up to four dollars you then owe money you owe a hundred thousand right. dollars but if that stock then goes up to two hundred dollars you then owe ten million dollars so it can go very very bad very very fast if you're shorting a stock and you're caught on the wrong end of it that's right And so if you're reading headlines right now, basically being like, this hedge fund might have to be bailed out or they're filing. So to clear this up to you, so far, there have been no official reports that any hedge funds are going bankrupt because of this. There are hedge funds that are pulling their money out at a considerable loss. But at least as far as I've read on places like Bloomberg Business Insider, who have been doing great coverage on this, no one has gone bankrupt. 
As far as I understand, though, that is because Melvin Capital, they had by far the largest, or I believe by far, they, obviously one of the problems with this and one of the reasons this is picked up is that all the short positions are public or if not public, very right. easy to find. So investors can actually see how exposed everyone is to this. Um, Melvin Capital have one of the, long, the, the, the largest short positions. Uh, they had, I think, $2.8 billion's worth of investment put in that allowed them to buy their short position out and end up, uh, yeah, out of the game. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's still a huge loss for it's, them. Even for hedge it's funds. Huge. It's huge. And, and what's, what, what I find really interesting about this... Oh, one one more one more piece of, of sort of the reaction here that's happening on Wall Street is that the Nasdaq CEO, uh, Adina Friedman, a couple hours ago today, suggested that trading should halt so that quote the investors can recalibrate their positions, um, which is complete and, and utter horseshit. <laughs> like the redditors are investors like the that that to me is what i think has been the most interesting thing to watch of this whole thing is that to see like cnbc and a lot of these like huge like financial institutions make a very clear distinction between the investors on reddit and the investors in hedge funds yeah i mean there's an open question whether what they are doing is a pump and dump scheme like if you do it publicly is it a pump and dump scheme uh you can you can certainly make the case that it is but you know that is potentially illegal but no one's really quite sure uh but you know also what the other context of this which i think people forget is that this is happening on a very very bad day for the u.s stock markets like the rest of the u.s stock markets are in free fall like there is a disaster there are an awful lot of earning calls coming out in the next quarter which are very very bad and a lot of the companies have had very bad pandemic years are revealing numbers that are worse right. than everyone expected but all anyone's talking about is the fact that a load of redditors are like pumping GameStop. it's well i i suspect that's also because like it's a story that is about finance that is somewhat like easy to understand for people. Like people can understand like, okay, Reddit is doing a thing. They might not understand the economics behind it. Then I might understand what shorting or longing is, even though the economics behind it, like aren't even that complicated. It's just like a bunch of people are buying the stock and making the stock go up. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And because a bunch of other people have short positions, they're exposed. It's, yeah, relatively straightforward. Um, but, but, I mean, there has been just, like, a lot of really funny viral moments. Like, um, my favorite one here, I'll, I'll include it here for people to listen, but it's a clip. That, what you're about to hear is a clip from inside the Wall Street Bets Discord server. So Discord servers have, like, a voice channel, and this is every single user on the voice channel screaming at once. I think this was recorded on Tuesday. I guess like what is, what is weird to me about this is that it has become political. Like when it started last week, it really wasn't political. It was just like a weird petty beef that was playing out between a subreddit and like maybe one or two investment firms. But as of yesterday, Wall Street Bets has <laughs> written essentially a manifesto and they're now like calling themselves like Occupy Wall Street 2.0. <laughs> I mean, I think part of this is just because the increase has been so remarkable. So at the start of the year, GameStop was at about $20. Right. Uh, and then last week it went up a bit because there was a little bit of activity on Reddit, uh, but there was also a little bit of extra stuff because I, I think some news about these esports things yeah. came out. Uh, and then, so it's really in the last, so we're recording this on Wednesday. It's really since Monday, 
and it suddenly popped. And I think what's fascinating about this from our perspective is how closely this matches a typical viral cycle. Yes, that's what's been freaking me out. It is. If bang you look on. at the chart, it's so, like it looks like a traffic chart. It looks like Google Analytics. It's really creepy. But it's that. But it's also the initial version of the the meme happens on some obscure board somewhere where it's it's funny like this is this is traditional memes not like bernie the inauguration memes but like funny song funny moment comes out the sea shanties actually it is bang on the money with what happened have you wait have you heard have you heard the tendies man shanty uh, hold on yeah i'm gonna send it to you hold on because this is uh uh okay so my friend Bijan. Drop this in the Garbage Day Discord, and uh, Luke, you're gonna get. Uh, I want to record you experiencing this. So here, here, here's. Okay, I am hitting pay, play. There once was a stock that put to see the name of the stock was GME. Yeah, sure. Blew up and the short stepped down. Hold my bully boys, hold. Soon may the oh, God. come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. She had not been. I mean, this this sure when Ryan Cohen. This also is is just telling the story that I've done, but in a catchier way. <gasps> Soon may oh. the tendy man come to send a rocket into so the that sun. is that is from uh that is from twitter user uh <laughs> wsb mod wall street bets mod it was a video originally posted to the wall street bets subreddit which incidentally uh it's been really hard to do research for this show because it the subreddit has been literally breaking and going down all day today like it's just been out and there's been yeah. all kinds of conspiracy theories about whether like you know, the SEC is shutting it down or Reddit's doing something. And it's like, but to get back to your point, because I think this, I think that is a really interesting one. And, and I noticed the same thing and it scared the shit out of me when I saw it, which is that like the GameStop stock price essentially looks like the traffic around like a Google trends or like it, it looks yes. like viral data because it is viral data, but it's also money. And that is fucking terrifying to me that they have monetized pure raw engagement like that. Exactly, and yeah, and it the cycle is the same. It starts on an obscure board among a small community. It starts to gain traction from that board and gain escape velocity from that board or that community. And that can be anyone. It can be a, a, a certain element of Twitter. It can be a TikTok. It can be whatever it is. And then it kind of reaches escape velocity, and then suddenly people start to notice it. And not like everyone, but people who monitor like Google Trends and stuff are like, huh. Oh, there's a lot of interest in this. Oh, there's actually a thing that's moving here. It's it's, it's not massive. It's the stock price at this point has gone from the you know twenty dollars to right. forty dollars, and everyone's like, okay, this is a thing. There's been a real world impact. This is when we start doing explainers on it. But then everyone sees those explainers, and then it starts introducing people, and then you hit the viral cycle we've hit in the last right. two days, and suddenly you can't get away from it. Like right now, Wall Street bets should be on Ellen. That's yeah. that's where we're we at, are. We're in at the cycle. Alex from Target moment in this viral cycle, and actually, technically, it is on the equivalent of Ellen. It's on CNBC all day today. That's true. That's true. And so, what you end up with then, though, is you keep introducing more people to it, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then suddenly you end up with, you know, your parents investing in it or talking about it or asking you how to well, do things in it. Let's talk about this. This is actually an angle of this that, one, I have quite a bit of knowledge about, thanks to my dad, 
And I also think it's something that hasn't really been talked a ton about in the pieces I've read about Wall Street bets, which is that there is a there is a Facebook style algorithmic social network style platform for trading. It's called Robinhood. I don't know if it's uh, allowed in the UK. I think it is, but uh, it, it isn't. They they cancel the UK launch. I think we have one that's called uh, eToro. Oh, eToro. I, think. I actually was reading about that today. Yeah. We have we have we have diff we have diff we have different ones, but you know same principle. But Robinhood has re so Robinhood not only has a tremendous user base and its own internal algorithms and its own internal suggestions about what you should buy based on different activity. It also has like Facebook groups, private Facebook groups. Like there's there's an entire Robinhood pocket of social media, and Robinhood is full of extremely casual, street level, working class, lower middle class, you know, middle class investors, right? Just like normal people. And those apps send you suggestions about what you should buy. And so when something organically starts going viral, like GameStop, because a bunch of, well, actually, I, should, I don't know if I should, should even call it organic. That's what's confusing about this. It's technically manipulated, but it's also, it's technically manipulated but it's also organically manipulated but i mean the, the thing is though is 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 to what extent a meme is organic which is it's not because a lot of people are just making the right. same decision over but, and over but, again but 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 peep this peep this with your ears my friend <laughs> 10 years ago maybe no five or, or more recently five years ago there was an entire genre of like digital media news article where the, you would take the top stuff on our photoshop battles or something and then you would turn it into like a board panda or a mashable or you know one of those articles right like the 37 best um lightsaber guy photoshops or whatever and that was because that subreddit all agreed that they were going to photoshop one thing in a bunch of different ways and then that started going viral as a meme yada 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 and then those articles would write it up and then those articles would be shared on facebook and then on facebook it would have like its entire massive second viral wave that's happening now with gamestop's stock prices but it's reddit being talked about by digital media and then that's impacting the algorithmic trading inside of Robinhood and then the Facebook apparatus around Robinhood. So it's created like the exact phenomenon you would see with like Grumpy Cat, but it's GameStop. Yeah, exactly. And there's real money behind it and that massively changes how it interacts. One thing I would say is that there's also precedent for exactly this in the stock market. Like this is a stock market bubble. This is how bubbles work. <laughs> right. Like it is how the dot com bubble worked. Like uh, there was there was at the time there were an awful lot of people going onto TV and and saying, um, yeah, this is a great stock. You should you should buy this stock while also being investors who were running that stock behind the scenes. So the idea that this is is somehow new or different and i should recommend julia Ferland's podcast go for broke on this which is a really good podcast that explains an awful lot of this stuff that was happening at the time but there were people from hedge funds people who were called analysts whose main job was essentially going on cnbc and all the other the 24-hour rolling market shows with jim cramer and all this nonsense to say this is a good stock was it a good stock sometimes it was sometimes it wasn't sometimes they just had a lot of it and they wanted to pump it up so the idea that this is like somehow illegal or legal well that's for other people to decide but unethical or outside the bounds of normality like isn't really no. true it's just happening at a different that's scale. really interesting so i i've been kind of obsessed with this like little pocket of twitter that call themselves weird left finance twitter 
And for Garbage Day, like paying subscribers, I have an interview coming out on Thursday with uh, a guy named uh, Alex Williams. He goes by Tragic Bios on Twitter. And he basically had the same take, more or less, which is that this isn't interesting at all. And that this is just people having fun with the inherent dumbness of neoliberalism. And that, like, obviously he came at it from a very hardcore leftist perspective. Um, but I think there is definitely an argument to be made that this isn't notable in any way. In fact, I had a reader email me a, like an, a couple hours ago being like, I really like what you write, but I think you are probably giving them a little too much credit because this will really have no larger impact whatsoever on the market long term. And I was like, ah, I mean, maybe I don't I don't I admit I don't know enough about economics to say that that's true or not. I mean, I think that's it is partly true, but it also suggests that the there will be a new steer there'll be a new amount of volatility that's here to stay because they are already doing it with other like products. It's mostly the nineties products. Like I think blockbusters doing very well at the moment as a AMC and some others. Um, and I think that that is probably here to stay because there are going to be communities that have enough to pump and pump something up quickly and easily. The difference is going to be is that like any viral cycle, the others are going to be worse and worse and worse and less impactful. But it just means there's just an extra 2% of volatility in the market or whatever. Yes. I think there's also another... However. however okay. Yeah, however. I was going to go on to say another one, which is that the first meme in a category is never the big one. You know what's a really dark but very relevant example of this? And especially, I think, for the timeline yep. that we're thinking about here, which is if you compare Charlottesville to the Capitol insurrection. Yep. It is, it is I also was thing. thinking today about the difference between, like flash mobs and the area 51 raid like typically the so in my in my experience and in, in sort of the way i look at these things is that like what i've been calling like irl memes like the physical manifestation of the internet on reality outside of computers which you would argue this is even though it's very very computerized still right the yeah. timeline is a lot longer like you know you could go from planking to harlem shake in two years Okay, that's a, that's like pretty easy. You're just going to lay down in a photo and then you're going to dance. Okay, that's pretty simple. But to do yeah. a mass, large-scale physical manifestation of the internet takes a lot longer because there's a lot more pieces. It requires a lot more coordination. And so I think if you compare the, what was it, uh, like five years, almost five, almost five years between Charlottesville and the Capitol insurrection, that is one meme. That is like one meme cycle. I think in the same way... Yeah. That, um, like, I'm trying to think of like another example of this, but there aren't many. Like, it, it's, I mean, you could argue, you could argue the Area 51 raids and the obelisks are on the same timeline, like the same kind of weird outsider, like physical stunt. I mean, and what also tends to happen is the they get bigger and more global. So like what could be happening with just GameStop and Reddit right now, five years from now, we could see something like this that's even bigger and more global and more weird. I'm going to throw a scenario for you. Mm. A music company is discovered to have taken out short positions in a rival music company's stock, except that that rival music company is somehow affiliated with BTS. Can you can you can you speak like, that out with words for our listeners because I know what you're describing and it like makes me feel insane. What I'm just what I'm describing is the idea that BTS fans and all other K-pop fans there there are many dedicated K-pop fans uh find a company or some other 
entity uh, that has offended them in some way. And there are many, uh, some for legitimate reasons, some for uh, more trivial reasons, but for various reasons, they have a lot of, a lot of beefs out there. They find some company they have a beef with and realize that by manipulating the stock market or something, and it should be pointed out, they already manipulate the charts to a ridiculous yes. degree, to the extent that the, that the charts are now just just a running battle between whoever runs yeah, the charts Wars. and yeah, stand exactly. groups. Yeah. Um, so they discover that, and then they attempt to destroy a company by pumping a stock price up or down. I, I don't, you can't quite control it on the same way on the way down, but you know, they're, they're BTS fans. You could easily, they could easily do a six month long game on this stuff. Yeah. Like, well, here's here's a little yeah. here's a little factoid for you. Uh, many years ago, I was working on a documentary about um, like the idol industry in Japan, and so I was like doing a bunch of interviews yeah. in Tokyo about how it works, and I heard this like crazy story about how. So, this isn't so much a thing I think in Korea anymore, but it's still a thing in Japan, which is that you have these like pop groups the biggest one is akb48 and they're called akb48 because there are 48 members and within akb48 there are like tiers so like there's so many members i'm sorry that's so many members well no but there's <laughs> tiers so there's like the a team the b team the c team and then there's an entire school apparatus that you work your way up through to get a chance to like try out for the different tiers of the team and you work your way up and every year these tiers have elections to see who will be in each formation and how they like get upgraded or downgraded. And the way the elections work is you, they still have to buy a physical CD inside. The physical CD is a postcard that you then fill out with who you're voting for and you mail them in and guess how people game that system. The CEOs, the big producers, like the big people in the music industry hire assistants or interns to spend like 48 72 hours straight buying cds filling out the <laughs> postcard for the girl they want to vote for and stuffing the ballots that way and i could absolutely see that mentality translate over into a much simpler digital system yeah exactly and that's what the stock market is now it's a digital system that has been enabled by platforms and if you enable a, a platform to do something in volume uh, and in high frequency, it can be exploited by large groups of people very, very fast. Uh, and it's they've already elected a president. <laughs> uh, and there are many, like, the fact that now there are no limits to this stuff means that I think the next, I think I think there will be another one of these, I'm going to say within the next five years, because I think it will be a while. I think it will be a while. But I think there'll be another one of these, and it will be much, much bigger, and it'll be much, much worse. I think the next one could accidentally cause a global recession. Like, that's how I think... That's how big I think the next one could get, is it could cause, like, a serious financial collapse because they do something completely stupid and insane. Um, yeah. There is one piece of this that we haven't talked about yet, and I want to do mention it briefly just because I have some knowledge in it now, which is that uh, two weeks ago, I started trading cryptocurrency. Luke, have you ever? I'm not going to be. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be enthusiastic Luke, about you... this. It's the same principle, and I think it's weird and bizarre and unusual. Well, no. So, so that's why I started. So, so many, many years ago, I had bitcoins because me and my friend John mined them in our bedroom. Like it was that easy. You could just boot up your computer. Your graphics card would, would solve the cryptex, and it would create 
more blocks on the blockchain. And it was interesting. We had them for a while. We lost them. Uh, you know, I think we had them in Mount Gox and they got stolen. I can't really remember. But my dad, thanks to his retirement and his barstool sportsification, which I've covered extensively on the early episodes of the show, uh, and getting into Robinhood, and and he he really wanted to, like, trade stocks. And then he, for years, had been talking about crypto. Like, credit to him, like, three years ago, he was like, I will give you $5,000 right now if you help me invest it in Bitcoin. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. Now, mind you, Bitcoin is currently going for $31,000, so I probably should have done that. But... I I decided that I was going to try my hand at it because I'd never tried it before. And I had a very similar reaction to it to, to what you described watching the GameStop stock, which is that crypto, even more so than than stocks, is literally just monetized engagement data. It is literally just like you betting on Google Analytics traffic. That's that's all it is. Yeah. To a degree. Um I mean yeah, to a degree, but I think that there are also markets there, and I think one of the things that that you don't necessarily think about with with stuff like this, and the way it is critically different from viral traffic, is that people are incentivized to bring it down rather than just stop. That going. is true. So if you, so so this is I think where where and and why the swings are so potentially volatile and so potentially sharp, and why I would recommend anyone listening to this like doesn't get involved. <laughs> Aside from else, you are four days too late. Late on, um, you're four days too late on GameStop, and you're four years too late on Bitcoin. Uh, I would recommend you don't get involved in it. However, the, the the reason for that is that the potential with GameStop, there are going to be an awful lot of people who are left holding the bag who can't that, afford it. Yeah, that is my that is my fundamental worry here. Is that a lot of people are going to put be putting uh, five hundred dollars in now. And it's going to be five hundred dollars. They maybe they don't have it. Maybe they do. There's going to be plenty of people who put it in who can can afford to lose it. But there's also going to be plenty of people who, who put it in on the basis that like, oh, this has gone up by ten times in the last two weeks, and in a week's time it's going to go up ten times. I've got five grand. I can uh, finally get the repairs on my car right. that I need. And they're going to lose that five hundred dollars, and they didn't have it spare to lose in the first place. That is the, the, the worry for me, alongside the fact that in some way, and I don't know how. I assume that a bunch of GameStop workers will end up Always. suffering for this. Always. I don't know how, but they will. But the reason I bring up crypto is that the crypto Twitter sphere, which I've been monitoring very closely in the last couple of weeks just because I was curious about it, is extremely, like, not upset, but, like, butthurt about the GameStop thing because they've, for years, been trading on just, like, raw speculative nonsense around cryptocurrency. And what I think is interesting about that dynamic is that Wall Street Bets is treating GameStop the way, like, that is in a very normal way for crypto. It's, like, almost like the post-crypto culture of Wall Street now. So you have these, like, 22-year-old kids who, like, in their mind have no difference in their head between, like, a stock and a Bitcoin because it's all just internet data that they can just move around and hype up or make memes about or whatever. Like, I, I have a little bit of money on a coin called Chainlink and I discovered like a community of, of crypto fans for Chainlink that call themselves the Link Marines and they like do like meme magic rituals every time it goes up on Twitter and they like and it's like this whole weird fucking thing and I, and I don't understand half of it but it's interesting to me that that community has been way more active and way more like ahead of the curve when it comes to monetizing 
raw engagement. They're just like, yeah, the internet and, and the market are the same thing. And attention is money. And like, let's just connect these, like this wire and just see what happens. And like crypto has been doing that for like four years. And now wall street bets is doing that to the entire rest of the financial system. Yeah. It's terrifying. And it's, it seems really clear that when people are buying an awful lot of stocks that we are in a bubble and we are due an extremely big crash. Uh, it was exactly what happened before 19, uh, the 1929 Wall Street crash. Everyone was trading. Everyone had stocks. It was what happened be in uh, a little bit in the UK in the late 1980s. Uh, it was what happened before 2008 with housing. Like This is it. it. Once everyone's involved in the market, suddenly a crash is coming. And the thing that made me most terrified of it was the thing of TikTok that I sent to you a week or two ago, which was of two basically normal people who are TikTok stars. And they got a lot of questions about like how they, how they have money to pay for their lifestyle. And the guy goes, it's really simple. This isn't an ad for Robinhood. Oh, no. But, like, I use Robinhood, and I watch it. And when the stock's going up, I buy it. And then when it starts going down again, I sell it. And that's just how I do it. And, and that pays for my life. And I saw that on TikTok, and it went really viral on TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's <laughs> it. This is a huge bubble. This is the moment. And, yeah. So, how do we make money from home? For starters, this is not a sponsored video. We just get this question all the time. And honestly, the answer is really simple. So basically, I just trade stocks on an app called Robinhood, which I left a link in our bio if you want to check it out. It's free to download, free to sign up. They actually give you a free stock, so they're paying you to sign up. Um, but again, not sponsored. And I know trading sounds intimidating. Here's my strategy in a nutshell. I see a stock going up and I buy it. And I just watch it until it stops going up and then I sell it and I do that over and over and it pays for our whole lifestyle. Um, if you're wondering how much you can make doing this, in this month I turned about 400 into 14,000. And in this month I turned less than 1,000 into 20,000. And honestly, my favorite part about this isn't even the amount of money you can make, but just the fact that we don't have to go to a nine to five job. Yeah, we can focus on things that we actually enjoy doing. So if you have friends that like want to make money from home, that's, you can tag I mean, them or that, that's like such a That's such a like... That's just, that's so scary. That's so fucking scary. I mean, and that's the other thing is that like, there's so many automated systems now for this thing that like any, anything about the stock market making its way onto TikTok, it will immediately trend. It's just like, it's just a mess and it's not going to get better soon. I think, I don't want to say that there's like a, a, like a, like an economic crash coming, but like things aren't aren't healthy like as funny as wall street bets is and I, as much as i love the anarchy and as much as like maybe it is occupy wall street 2.0 it, it's not the sign of a healthy like economy at all it's not it's extremely bad do we have anything optimistic we can end on here because i feel like i feel like this is actually kind of funny for right now this is all pretty funny yeah um <laughs> i mean it's pretty funny optimism it is inherently funny that hedge fund people are getting very mad at this and saying that they, you know, these people should be banned from essentially speculating on the stock market. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, that's 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 the deal. That you you do this as well. This is it is funny. Like I sort of love the idea of a bunch of redditors being like, "Oh, the stock market's a video game, so we're going to do a speed run and we're going to do like a button mash hack to make as much money as possible and it's going to like break reality." And like, that's just funny to us because we're like that. We don't care. Like, I, I think that's funny. I hope it doesn't like destroy the world, but I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, <laughs> I think it comes down to the thing that I said on a previous podcast, which is that there are these enormous communities who have vast quantities of power that you never see. 
and sometimes you know the streams cross and suddenly you are you are introduced to another community and sometimes it's just like getting ratioed on yeah. twitter but this particular example is the idea that you know most people don't invest in the stock market in any sort of active way. If people suddenly start investing in the stock market, it doesn't need a huge number of people to start really throwing stuff off in, in very specific ways. And I think it is a thing that we are all at some point going to have to deal with. The idea that there are there are groups of people who can do things that are entirely legal, probably, maybe, not sure on that bit yet, but can do things that will cause real damage very, very fast. And in ways that we haven't considered yet. Yeah. Like, it, it's basically, if you think of any system that exists and then think, okay, what would happen if people started hacking this? Yes. Like, what would happen? Like, I don't really think there's many systems in the world that could take a coordinated hack. hack. Like, it used to be a, a DDoS thing where you would just take them down. But I don't think there are many systems that are open to the public that could be not turned against them by a coordinate. This is, I mean, this is also an example of a DDoS attack. Like what Wall Street Bets is doing to like a stock market is technically a DDoS attack. Yes, in, in many um, it is. So that's fun. I mean, excited to see what new fresh horrors tomorrow brings us, you know? <sighs> yeah. Hey, Luke, have you consumed any content this week to stay sane? Um, this week I have been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. No, sorry, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I was playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Valhalla is the new one where you're a Viking, you're running around England, uh, an extremely mountainous England, which is slightly mm. odd. Uh, but it is extremely fun in part because they ha- it has semi-decent puzzles and when you actually need to do something, you need to do an awful lot of complicated things that involve setting something on fire to open a door to release a thing up the top when you shoot down with an arrow and all sorts of complicated things which is good fun but the best part of it recently was that uh in kent the area of the uk which they call kent uh you meet a a bard with two tufts of hair on either side of his head whose name is keith keith uh keith as in keith flint from the prodigy (gasps) oh that is fun smack my bitch yeah yeah Oh, it's better than that because you have a whole. Uh, he gives you a mission, and his mission is that he wants to sing his songs, and the local bishop won't let him because they're they're irreligious. And eventually, it ends up with you getting in a fight with the bishop, while Keith Flint from a thousand years ago is standing by the sidelines yelling, "Smack my bishop!" Oh, that's so good. That's it's great. So it's really good. Good, good for good for Keith. Yeah, he's still is he still alive? No, he died. Oh. No, he died. It was a tribute oh, to him after nice. he died, basically. They included, that's why they included it. That was great. Anyway, what content have you been consuming to stay sane? Uh, oh, last night I watched uh, a couple episodes of this Netflix docuseries called We Can Be Heroes, and the first episode is about the cheese run in Britain. Oh, yes. I think I have watched only the cheese run one of these. That episode is absolutely mad. I mean, it is... So if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a big hill in like Gloucestershire or Gloucestershire, something, some Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire yeah. and they roll big cheese down the hill and then people chase after the cheese. And like every year, like a bunch of people like break their hands and feet. And the, the main character of the, of the episode, she was the three time women's champion of the cheese run. And in her previous year, she had 
broken her collarbone in such a way that she'd permanently disfigured herself. And then it was following her on her way to compete a fourth time to see if she would be able to get the, 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 the lifetime record of four wins. Um, it is a yeah. uh, really upsetting look at British culture. Just uh, just uh, an absolute just horror show from start to finish. Re- really great hour of TV or half hour, however long it was. I have no idea. It's a really very steep hill. It's a, it's a very steep hill. And my favorite sequence in it is they have the the tw- I think he, he I think he's won like twenty two times or something, and he <laughs> it, takes the the main character the the woman down the hill, and he's just like this like very bland man from Gloucestershire who's just like yeah you want to watch out for that patch that's a bad patch you wanna you wanna run down this better patch and then he like shows her how to fall a few times and he it's 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 unbelievable it's it's truly unbelievable honestly I think that's one of the the many of the kind of twee british traditions really annoy me because i think that they're mainly kind of you know made up for this sort of thing but that particular one is great because it is inherently incredibly dangerous it's super dangerous and like people are putting something on the line it's not a fun thing it's like no no people are gonna get badly hurt by this and it's remarkable how few people do like there's always broken bones but no one ever really gets seriously hurt yeah so i I learned that there's no deaths and no one has ever broken like their spine or become paralyzed or anything um and then, and the, I guess the police like don't sanction it. It's not official in any way. So people just show up. So it's completely unauthorized. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they interviewed like a, a British cop and it was like such a perfect British cop thing where he's just like, well, I'm a vegan, so I don't really get what the whole fuss is. And it's just <laughs> like, that is peak British cop. Yeah. Why would you chase after cheese? Yeah. Why would you chase after a cheese? Um, so yeah, I'd recommend it. The whole the whole show's pretty good. There's like a hot sauce one. I was watching one about a hairdressing competition. Uh it's like really like kind of like pointless but incredibly intense competitions. Pretty good show. Much like Wall yeah. Street Bets. <laughs> you got anything to plug this week, Luke? You got anything to throw out? Uh no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm <Great>. sorry. Thank- <laughs> Nothing to plug. Right. Thank you guys. Have a good week.